0: Well, I mentioned a moment ago that this is the fourth and final week of our encounter series. Uh, the week after next, Shelby's going to be bringing us a short sermon series. And I'll, I'll not say too much more about that because I don't want to take away from anything he's going to be sharing with us. But I've heard a couple of bits and pieces about his preparation and I'm looking forward to him leading us in that way as he opens the word of God for us next week we've got a special standalone sermon on a specific topic we tend not to do these very often we tend to preach and teach our way through books of the bible about once a year we might have a sermon series that's a little more topical in nature like our home series as we consider what it is to recognize home in light of the kingdom of god and over the past couple of weeks we've talked about Heaven, how ultimately our home is in heaven, that we're citizens of heaven before we're any other nation on earth, from Americans to Nigerians to Filipinos to Brits. You know, we've got a a diverse church and we love having a diverse church. We're really grateful to God for the diversity within our church. But most of all, we're really grateful that we're citizens of heaven before any other people group. We've, we're grateful to God that he's adopted us into his family. And so we considered our eternal heavenly perspective. During our second week, we considered the issue of obedience. We're told a bunch of times in the word of God to, to do something. And typically that seems to be for our good, Many of the rules, the laws that God lays down, are for our good. But also there's a special significance in obedience, and that is that we get to honour our Heavenly Father. We discussed things like tithing, fasting, regular patterns and practices in our daily devotional, our discipleship journeys, and how we just wanted to recognise that these things are part of what it means to be journeying followers of Christ. A disciple is literally someone who follows a leader. A person walking in another's dust is a way it was talked about in the Bible. People would want to follow their rabbi so closely that the very dust they kicked up from the road would be on them. Last week we talked about me, we talked about what it was to consider, what am I called to do, what's God's special purpose for me, what was God's plan for me, what was the ministry he was giving me and what was the encounter he was leading me to. And I just want to unpack that last thought, really, from last week as we discussed encounter that Jesus is constantly calling us not just to minister to a broken and hurting world, but to encounter him. And I just wanted to really underline that point because who's Jesus calling? Well, he's calling me, but he's calling me, you, me, each one of us. I think we could each say, Who's Jesus calling? and answer me. I wanted to unpack this encounter word because actually it's our encounter. It's through our encounter with Christ, through our regular opportunity to meet with Jesus. That's the thing that inspires us, shapes us, gives us the strength, capacity, grace, perspective to do what we need to do. And so this morning I just want to unpack that a little, I've got a couple of thoughts for us and actually I'm just going to keep this simple because keeping it simple sometimes is the hardest thing to do. When we consider who God is, why that matters, we can get so caught up in head knowledge sometimes we can lose sight of the reality of an encounter with God. Someone once said that all theology is man trying to make sense of God, of encounters with God. Every time we have an encounter with God, we try and understand it. Isn't that just a great definition of what theology is? The study of God. And you know, the first thing I wanted to say to you this morning, that is, I believe that encounter... An encounter with God has always been his plan for you and me. Encounter with God has always been God's plan for you and me. And at this point, let's open our Bibles because, you know, that's a big thing to say. God's plan for you has always been to know him, to meet him. And for him to be real in your life. Who's God pursuing while he's pursuing? If we open our Bibles, and I suspect some of you might not need to open your Bibles for this particular verse. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, that whoever believes in him might not perish but would have eternal life. It goes on and it says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn it. God sent Jesus into the world so that we could have an encounter with God. God sent Jesus into the world because God loved the world. He loved us, you and me. God's purpose in sending Jesus was to restore us to perfect relationship with him. And so perhaps you think, well, Hang on, that's not where the Bible starts. Where does the Bible start? Those who've been in church for a while know that perhaps we don't always read our Bibles front to back. But actually the Bible is a collection of different books, stories, proverbs. Yeah, there's some genealogy. Actually, the Bible is an amazing book, but it isn't automatically easy to read. I once spoke to someone and they'd not had a Bible long and they were saying that they'd started reading the Bible thinking that they would just read it cover to cover. They got to the book of Numbers and they would got rather discouraged and stopped reading and I was encouraging them that you know just as they kept reading they were going to get to Kings and that was pretty exciting. If they kept going, they'd find themselves in the New Testament with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And there were some fast, fascinating accounts of different stories, especially about this guy called Jesus. And they smiled because we, we both knew that Jesus is a big deal. But if you do open your Bibles and you start reading Genesis 1 and 2, you'll find very quickly that God creates us for a relationship with him. In the garden, Adam and Eve are there at God's pleasure. As they start naming the animals, God's given them some work to do, and God's walking in the garden, talking with them, visiting with them. And as we begin to read Genesis, we realise that Adam and Eve were God's friends. And because of the issue of sin, there was this problem. They'd done something wrong. And each one of us has that same experience too. We do something wrong and so we need somebody to take away those wrong things. And that's why we believe so passionately in Jesus. Because he comes into the world and he takes away all of those wrong things, the sins that we commit. So that we can be restored back into perfect relationship with God. Because encounter has always been God's plan. You know, as we keep reading... Reading the Word of God, we find that encounter can be all sorts of different things. Encounter can be evangelism. The first time somebody meets God, they give their life to Him. Encounter can be discipleship. It can be that daily opportunity to meet with God and journey in our relationship with Him. Encounter can be our greatest blessing in life. As we're seen and known fully by the Creator of heaven and earth, and rather than Him... Rejecting us or shunning us for the things that we do wrong, that his father's heart instead calls us into relationship with him. And finally, I think what we begin to see is that encounter is our true purpose. Encounter has always been God's plan for us, encounter is what he hopes for for us. He wants us to encounter his goodness, encounter his grace to have a meaningful meeting with him, that we would have these opportunities, these come-to-Jesus moments. And that's what I want to unpack for us a little bit this morning. So that was my first one already, Encounter God's Plan. In John 3.16, we see Jesus is sent into the world. He's sent into the world because God loves the world. He wants us to encounter him. He wants us to recognise his goodness and his grace and be called into deeper and more meaningful relationship with him. In Genesis we see that the very basis of Adam and Eve's existence was to be friends with God and through Jesus we have that same opportunity renewed for us to become the friends of God. As we keep reading the word of God this morning, I encourage you just to open your Bibles to John 3. It says, Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Continuing in verse 5, it says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. God makes a way for us to encounter him. Jesus makes a way. We've got this opportunity to be born again. Perhaps you've heard that phrase. You see, one of the most amazing things about Jesus is that he makes a way for us to be welcomed into the family of God. Another well-known Bible verse, 1 Corinthians 3, 5-9, it says, what then is Apollos? What then is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labour. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. God makes a way for us to encounter him. Sometimes we talk about these come to Jesus moments. If you've been around Stone for a few years, you've probably heard me share about this before. And I think it's always good to be reminded that God continually gives us opportunity to know him. I'm going to say that again, because if you don't pay attention to anything else this morning, I feel like this would be a really good thing for you to hear. God continually gives us opportunity to get to know Him. And whether this morning you've been struggling with your faith over the past weeks, months, getting on for a year perhaps in light of the Covid crisis, Or whether you've never been closer to God and you've been having wonderful times of reading, of study, devotion, time spent in his word. Your prayer times just feel so alive and full of life, whatever the case may be. You see, the issue here that I'm trying to draw to our attention is that God keeps giving us opportunity to spend time with him. In the word of God, it says his grace is new every morning. That allocation of grace that means our sins aren't a problem to us because Christ has taken them away. His grace, his gift of grace, his goodness to us every single morning is renewed. Meaning that every single morning we can come into his courts into his house. We can recognise that we are part of his church, growing just like a plant in his presence, being built up into the family of God, the church. And that each one of us, as we have these opportunities to come to him, each one of us, as we have the opportunity to recognise who he is, Each one of us has the opportunity to know Christ. You might be thinking, well, do I really have that opportunity today? Do I really have the opportunity to know Christ more fully? Perhaps it's been a tough time. Perhaps this is the first time you've ever been to church. And you know, I've heard amazing stories of people in Islamic countries where Jesus has revealed himself to somebody who would never have known who he was otherwise. I've heard amazing stories even within our church family where somebody just shares something that they sense to be from God. Whether it be a Bible verse or just an encouragement, they share something and that person Looks like they've gone weak at the knees because it has just been exactly what they've needed to hear. I'm always amazed how God continues to make himself known to us. He continues to go the 90 waiting for us to come the 10. You see, again and again, whether we're struggling to have our quiet times, whether we've had great quiet times this week, The fact that God is willing and able to spend time with us, that he's never far off, that his love and grace for us continue to pursue us, pursue our hearts, he pursues us. Isn't that an amazing thing? The king of heaven and earth pursues us for an encounter. And so just as one has the opportunity to water and share all of these things, come back to God. Just as Apollos and Paul are sharing here, neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God gives the growth. God wants to grow our faith, grow our relationship with him, and grow his truth in our hearts. Jesus' own words say, Truly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. You see, this continuing call of Christ, this come to Jesus call, is one that we find again and again. Jesus is constantly calling after us, constantly seeking our hearts, and invites us through his gift of grace to seek him in return. And you see, there's there's all kinds of things where we think of an encounter with God and it perhaps seems obvious to us, perhaps when we first give our life to Christ, that seems like a fairly obvious response to the call of God, doesn't it? The opportunity to respond to God in that moment. And perhaps you've never had that opportunity and, and if that is you, we'd love for you to to send us a message just so that we can share with you and lead you in a short prayer so that you could give your life to Jesus. Other opportunities to encounter him to practice faithfulness to practice faithfulness might be baptism. If you want to be baptized, if you've been waiting to be baptized, let us know. We'd love to book a date with you. You might be thinking, well, crumbs, isn't COVID an issue? And, and yes, it is. But we've been spending time, we've worked it out, and we know how to now do a COVID secure baptism. So if you've been waiting for a baptism, let us know, we'd love to book a date with you. Our daily quiet times, another great opportunity to encounter God. Fasting, and uh, actually that's what I want to talk to you about next week. When we fast, we proclaim God's goodness. We say we're going to seek him above all else. We restrict some area of our lives so that we can better tune into God, better focus on who he is. Perhaps it's in reading the word. Have you ever had this experience? You, You open the word of God, you read something, and as you read it, it's like you've never read it before. It's like your eyes have been opened for the first time. And you read it and it comes alive and it's like your whole spirit sings. You just experience God, you encounter him in that moment. But you know, these encounters, these opportunities to meet with God, they cost something. And it might not cost us something directly, but it cost Jesus everything. And actually, in the fullness of time, it costs us too. And don't worry, I'm I'm not talking about tithing. I'm talking about when we give our lives to Christ, it costs us. When we seek Christ, his goodness, when we put him first, when we say, I'm going to live my life according to his will rather than mine, that costs us something. But as we grow in our relationship with God, that's our opportunity to know him and to be known by him. You see, this encounter with God that we're talking about, whether it's something that you experience daily, whether it's something you think of as being the the pinnacle of Christian experience, we sometimes refer to those as mountaintop encounters. Actually, an encounter with God doesn't have to be this big, profound thing. It doesn't have to be this earth-shattering, life-changing moment. It can be something as small as reading your Bible, seeing a verse, and as you read it, knowing the goodness, the joy, the friendship of God. An encounter can be a meaningful moment in our discipleship journey, or it can be a small daily encouragement to keep pursuing God. In those early days when we first encounter God, It might even be the thing that shifts something in our heart. Encounters of evangelism, that as we experience God, as we experience his Holy Spirit's work in our lives, the mission of the church is fulfilled as we respond personally to who God is. But you see, the great challenge to us is to remember that encounter is part of our purpose. Encounter, spending time with God, spending time in his presence, is why God sacrifices so much. It's why Jesus goes to the cross for us. That encounter matters to God so much. That he would let his one and only son die in our place. Encounter is the thing that secures our home in heaven through Jesus. Encounter is one of the great benefits to obedience. As we practice obedience we have the opportunity to encounter God afresh. And if you're thinking, well, that that's great, and you're talking about encounter, it sounds like you've encountered God, but who who's a, a God encounter for? Maybe you're thinking it's only for church leaders. But the truth is as simple as this. Just as last week every single every single one of us could answer me. Who's God pursuing? Me. Well, that's true of encounter. God wants to minister to you. He wants to meet with you. He wants to be the Lord of your life. And actually, I think when you begin to understand the word of God more and more fully, you recognize that all the way from Genesis to Revelation, God is seeking to encounter his people. He wants us to be his people. He's calling our name, calling us into a relationship with him. In some parts of the Bible we even read that God is a jealous God. He doesn't want us to give our attention, our devotion to anything else other than encountering him. And I think the reason for that, again, is really simple. The reason encounter matters so much is that God has given so much so that he could call you and me his sons and daughters. The reason God wants to spend time with us to encounter us and us to encounter him to have an experience of God isn't just so that we can have a cool experience, but it's so that we can know him as our heavenly father, to be encouraged, to delight in him just as he delights in us. And when we recognise that God's purpose in encountering us, creating opportunities for us to come to Jesus, to know him as our Lord and saviour, but then continuing to pursue us, when seemingly that good work of us giving our lives to Christ is complete, he continues to seek us out for meaningful encounter. Well I think it's I think it's really simple. I think it's because every good father loves spending time with their kids. I think that's why God continues to pursue us. I think that's why God delights in spending time with. With us and us with him. Because what is a friend other than a person that you spend meaningful time with? Whose presence you enjoy and enjoys you in return. And while our eternity might be to worship God. If we go to heaven. Heaven. I don't think God just wants a a big choir, a big chorus of people praising his name. I think the most amazing thing about our Heavenly Father isn't that he's saved us. I think that's amazing. Don't mishear me. God would save us. The fact that Jesus would die for us, that's pretty amazing as well. But the most amazing thing to me is that God isn't satisfied with a simple encounter. He's not satisfied to save us. He's not satisfied to change our entire lives. He's not satisfied to just have us call him Lord, but he wants to be your friend. When I was growing up in the church, we used to sing a song that goes, I am a friend of God. And as we used to sing it out, and uh, having grown up in a a church that used to like to sing the verse and the chorus a few times through, and then the verse and the chorus a few more times through, and then the chorus a few more times through again, after that, we would be singing, I am a friend of God. Oh, I'm a friend of God. I'm a friend of God. Don't worry, I'm not going to (laughs) sing. But as people will be singing, I'm a friend of God. I think actually that is the most meaningful part of an encounter with God. Sometimes it can seem like the most meaningful thing is that seismic, shifting, shaking, earth-shattering, life-changing experience of God. But actually I think the biggest thing... The longer I know God, the more I know God. The thing I'm praying for, for you this morning, and I'm going to pray in just a moment, is that you would continue to encounter God. You would continue to know him. That you you don't need one of those huge moments, as exciting as they are, And don't get me wrong, I'm not praying that you won't have one of those huge moments where you know God and you feel like he speaks in power. But my prayer for you is that you would encounter God, that you would know him more, that you would be able to call him your friend. And that just as one plants and another waters, you would know God as your friend, your Heavenly Father. And actually, that as you would grow in your encounter with him, as you would grow in your friendship with him, you wouldn't just know him as your Heavenly Father, your Lord and Saviour, but you'd know him as your dearest friend, the friend who always makes time for you, the friend who's pursuing your heart and your best, The friend that is always there for you. The friend that asks you to partner with him. To see his plan and his purposes come to pass. Not because he wants to turn you into his slave, although we have the opportunity to say, I want to be a servant of Christ. But because he's our loving Heavenly Father. And just as a child can transition from being just a child into a child and a friend, my prayer for you is that you would know God, that you would encounter God, and that you might have the opportunity to say, I am a friend of God. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can be friends of God. Father we thank you that you give us heaven as our eternal home. We thank you that our future is secure in you. We thank you that we know where we're going. Father we thank you that you give us instruction on how to better know you how to glorify you in our lives that we might practice obedience and that as we practice obedience we would have the opportunity to better appreciate who you are and who who you're calling us to be father we thank you that you don't stop calling each one of us we thank you that each one of us can say me when asked who does Jesus love? Who has Jesus died for? Who is God calling to be co-laborers, ministers of his gospel? And Father, we thank you that you invite us to encounter you. We thank you that you're not satisfied to simply save us, taking away all the sins, of the earth sins in our lives in our homes in our families we thank you that you you do take those things you take those things upon yourself for our sake but most of all we thank you we thank you that your gift of encounter your gift of friendship we thank you that your gift of friendship is always so readily available to us. And so, Father, as we practice encountering our discipleship journey, as we keep seeking you out, as we practice encounter as a way to lead people to Christ, pointing them to you and leaving you to meet them in their hearts, we thank you that you continue to go out of your way to encounter us both now and before we really knew you. And we thank you that your plan, your plan to meet with us, your plan to keep calling us into relationship through Christ with you, we thank you that that leads to us not just being sons and daughters in your kingdom, not just to us practicing obedience and being competent at it, not just us, being called individually, by name, and able to respond, who does God love me? Father, we thank you that all of these things, all of who you are, lead us into an encounter with you, where we can claim and know for certain that we are your friends. Father, we thank you that we're not just saved to your kingdom, we're not just a part of your family, but that we are friends of God. We praise your name. Amen.